Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to A Different Door. A Different Door is a different kind of worship experience here at Grace Avenue, um, where every week we gather for nuanced conversation about the scriptures and about what's going on in the world. My name is Christopher Vaughn. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Avenue, and I'm joined today by Pastor Laura Bird and our modern pastoral intern, Carol Petritus. I guess I wanted to, to start our conversation by asking a simple question this morning. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Laura, how are you? It's going. It's going, right? Um, why do we respond to that question that way, right? Um, and often we, we use that question as a hello, right? Like, how are you doing? And nobody stops right. to really take a moment to, to actually care how you are, right? And yet, for the most part, we're not fine, right? Are we? Oftentimes, though, I feel like if we felt like we were like, okay, well... I'm having a terrible day, and here are the three things that made it so, that somebody would look at us and say, the correct response is, I'm fine, and then we're supposed to keep walking. (laughs) And so the challenge is, in that moment, we're not being authentic to what we're experiencing. Now, I'm not saying we should just tell random strangers everything that's going on in our minds, (laughs) right? But I think there is a, a piece of this, of how do we learn to live authentically as ourselves in that moment. There's a, the old expression, right, first things first, which is how do you put the greatest priorities at the beginning so that you can begin to deal with all of the other things? How do you put first things first? How do you put the most important things first? And at the beginning of a new year, we always try to reprioritize our lives, right? It's a time of new beginnings. It's a time of renewal. It's an opportunity to do things different. And so as we seek, I think all of us, to put first things first, how do we, how do we live more authentically as ourselves? What, is, what would that even look like? How do we authentically find ourselves in the midst of a new season? Yeah, I think that's a, a really interesting question, especially in the context of that question, right? Um, because it is sort of a trained, um, I'm fine, thank you for asking, how are you? The other person says that they are fine. Um, However, that can sort of build up a false narrative um, because we meet other people and they're fine. Everybody's fine. Why am I not fine? And there may be a way to change that conversation where we say something like, maybe it's short because maybe you are headed to a meeting and you don't have time to get into it, but maybe it's, I could use some prayer or you know, maybe there's a different answer to let other people know I'm not necessarily fine, and it's okay that you aren't either. Yeah, well, I got to tell you, if, if I ask somebody how they're doing, and they're casually running by me saying, I could use some prayer, I'm going to turn around and follow them, right? <laughs> As the pastor in me has got to figure that one out. Right. Um, I think, too, I stopped asking the question, how are you, mm. when I realized that, one, I was going to get an inauthentic response. Everyone was going to say, I'm fine, I'm doing well, right? And... No one was going to ask it back. Mm. So I went to the pure Texas, I just say howdy, right? Mm. It's like a hi, it's a hello, right? It could be a goodbye because typically our high hellos are goodbyes because people are walking past. But I stopped asking the question because one, I already knew the answer. Um, and two, I knew that they didn't mean it. Mm-hmm. Right? So Laura, you answered that question a bit more authentically than just I'm fine, mm-hmm. right? Um, but in the same th- vein, right, you didn't expect us to then probe into that, Right. Right. Yeah. I am. I feel like I've gotten to a point in my life where, um, you know, every once in a while I do go great, blah, blah, blah. You know, if I'm 
going somewhere or um, you maybe don't have the time in that moment. But I've, I've tried in my relationships to when people ask me that, when I'm not doing super well, I say, it's been hard or I'm having a rough time or I'm going through a rough patch. Or, and sometimes it's, man, I feel great. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but, you know, you can be authentic and not spill your guts and, and kind of trauma dump on people. Um, because I do think, or I've been told by people in my life that, um, that everything seems fine with me. And so I've been trying to, um, or that they perceive me as doing well or... Um, so I've, I've tried to be just a little bit more authentic um, and just kind of say what's on my heart um, in, a, in a way that's not too, um, like I said, trauma dumping. <laughs> you know? Well, let me tell you uh, in 30 minutes everything that's going on in my life. But I think because I do that now in my relationships, when I come up to people and say, hey, friend, what's going on? They tell me, oh, man, like, you know, I didn't get this job, and it's really, really sucks, but, you know, I'm doing the best to move forward. Even in a sentence or two, you can be authentic and not trauma dump, and, and, and that's how you build relationships, when you're vulnerable with other people. Yeah. Well, the, that's the other side of this coin, too, right? I, I like that you brought this up, because all of us know the, the person that if we ask how they're doing, they will spend 30 to 45 minutes telling us mm-hmm. how they're doing. So we just don't ask the question. Mm-hmm. And so part of being authentically ourselves or trying to discover who we are is also learning how to listen authentically Mm -hmm. and to provide the space where people can come and share. I think that's the piece is we have so many people who are so focused on, I've got to get from point A to point B. Here's my list of things. This is my first things first. That we know that when people ask the question, they don't care for the answer. Mm. So as we seek to live more into who we are, who God has called us to be, that authentic listening piece is really important as well, right? Because if we don't listen, then people aren't going to give us the, mm-hmm. the response either. That's true. All right. So I, I guess that leads me into my, my second question, um, and, it, and it's related to the scripture. Um, we are looking at um, Jesus' baptism today. And one of the things that I think is so intriguing about Jesus' baptism is John's response when Jesus comes to the water. So I'm going to read the scripture to you. It comes from Matthew 3, um, 13 to 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so for now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. And And I'm really taken by John's response in the midst of this. As we talked about living authentically, John has lived authentically. He's in the middle of the wilderness. He's wearing camel hair. He's eating locusts and honey, (laughs) right? Um, I don't think it gets more authentic than that, right? Authentic for him. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. I I don't want to wear camel hair and eat locusts and honey. 
Um, but he is living authentically in that he is living the way that he feels like God has called him mm-hmm. to live. Yeah. He's gone into the wilderness because he felt led and called by God into that wilderness. And he is preaching and teaching and proclaiming something that all of us are called to, right? not just those with the title of pastor. And in living authentically for God and being out in the wilderness and doing what God has called him to do, he has this moment of unworthiness. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, who am I to, to be baptizing you? Surely you should baptize me. And there is this, this great reminder here in the words of John that no matter how authentic we try to live, we have this doubt inside of each of us. And this doubt is, surely I'm not doing enough. Surely God has called me to do more. Surely there are other things that I should be doing. I can think of every single thing that I failed at, but I'm having trouble seeing my successes. And I think all of that comes to head for John in these simple words of, I need to be baptized by you. What are you thinking right now in this moment? And so I think there's a, the piece of it of if we're living authentically for God, how do we do that? What does that look like for each and every one of us? Um, what does that look like for you? And what does that look like for you? And what does that look like for all of us in the midst of that too? Yeah, I mean, something that I have been thinking about a lot. So this past week, I took a, a January term. So it was a one-week intensive class. And the class was on church planting. And there is a whole lot that goes on with church planting. And it isn't just about planting a new church, but sometimes it's about starting, starting a new thing, starting anything. And one thing that kind of came up for me in the course of this class, and that relates to this authentic relationship with God, is about the time that we really spend praying for what God is going to do. And I think that I have found myself um, sort of falling into this habit of praying for the prayers that I've been asked to pray. So it's when I'm meeting with someone from the congregation and they say, hey, can you pray for me You know about this? Then I will put that on my list. And that's something that in the evening as I'm going through my prayer list, I'm, I'm praying for those people, trying to remember anything I didn't write down. And that has sort of become my, my prayer life. And what I have neglected and what I think um, will help me bring uh, into a more authentic relationship with God is that real prayer relationship with God where I just say, God, what, what do you want me to know? Um, what is the Holy Spirit going to do in, in my life? Uh, what is there that I need to be seeing? And I think taking that time to just really ask God and just sort of sit in the stillness with God mm-hmm. is an important part of having that authenticity with God instead of just having the, this is my checklist and I'm doing my prayers, making it more open. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and I think that's what Jesus was often calling the, the religious to do, right? It, they had these rigid things that they felt like had to be done and they had to be done in a certain way, right? How often did Jesus get pushed up against by religious folk who said, oh, well, well you know, like you can't heal on the Sabbath, right? That's not okay. Or like, you know, don't, don't do these miracles on the Sabbath, right? You could, you could wait a day, Jesus, right? Because this is the order that things are supposed to be done in. And yet what Jesus said was, no, right? You come to the Father, you 
come to the table, you bring your authentic true self. I had a similar uh, moment to you, Carol, uh, except with scripture. I realized um, a few years ago that I was only reading scripture to prepare for something, to prepare for a Bible study, to prepare to preach on a Sunday morning, um, to prepare to lead a, a seminar or a small group. I was only reading Bible in preparation for something else. I wasn't reading the Bible and reading the scriptures to get closer to God. And I think that's one of the things that we forget about is that scripture is the living word of God. And in it, we find how God is and how God does work in the world, right? Um, And it's really powerful to let the scripture speak to you. And when you are, um, you know, preparing for something, you want the scriptures to speak to you, but you want them to do it in a certain way, right? Like when I was, you know, preparing for this Sunday, I really needed Matthew 3 to speak to me in a certain way. But I was opening scripture and letting it open me in return. And so I had to learn how to spend time with the living word of God, not in preparation for something, but so that God could prepare me in a different way. And that was an important learning curve for me as well. Yeah. um, So many thoughts have been kind of going through my head as y'all have been talking. Um, I think I had... um, so I'll just be vulnerable with y'all because this is all about vulnerability, right? Um, I had a little bit of a what you would call depression episode um, during the holidays. Um, holidays have always been a really hard time for me um, as I have a, a lost a, a loved one. Um, and But there was something about the beginning of the year that I was like, you know what? I know I'm feeling all this stuff, but I believe that I can co-create with God and that whatever I'm feeling, I can... Um, I can feel that with God. So I just decided to kind of write down all my fears and um, everything I was feeling. And um, I, 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 uh, this is not a normal practice for Christians, but I, I do really like pretty stones. So I got a stone that, um, in the shape of a heart. And for me, that symbolized um, self-doubt because there's so much self-doubt that I have just like really, really far deep inside there, just like John. Um, instead of when Jesus came to him, he, he didn't go, yeah, you're right, I'm the guy. You know, he, he didn't put on a mask and act like he really thought he was the dude. He said, I'm not good enough to baptize the savior of the world, to baptize God's son, and yet, Jesus and God were there saying you are. So we're getting in our own way instead of allowing God to work through us, even in the midst of our vulnerability, our self-doubt, our low self-esteem, whatever you are spiritually dealing with right now. And I really feel like releasing that, being vulnerable with God and saying, hey, I'm having all these fears. I'm having this self-doubt. Um, I need your help. Mm. I need you. I need to work with you. Mm. Um, I think it's really helped me let go of a lot of that. And um, to me, that's what co-creating with with God is—is is kind of putting our full self out there to God, saying, "I need your help. I need to co-create with you. I need to release some of this stuff." And it's not in my control, but it but it's in yours. And I think John did that. He, he told Jesus his doubts and his fears. I'm not good enough. 
And Jesus says, well, for now, you are, because I'm here. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really empowering, that it's not up to us to do all the work, that we're co-creators with a a powerful God. Um, And so I'm going to continue in my work through January, you know, just every day remembering what I'm trying to let go of, what I'm trying to call into my life, what I'm trying to create with the Creator. And it, it does, I think, empower me to be in the most authentic place for myself and, and to show that to other people. Well, and I appreciate that vulnerability because it's a good reminder. I think a lot of times we feel like we've got to be perfect before we can work for God. I got a lot of sin, a lot of things that I have done wrong, a lot of things that have pulled me in a different way. I've got to get you know myself right. I need to be reading scripture first. I need to have a robust prayer life first. I need to, and then I can come to God. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a um, friend in college one time who was going to church every Sunday, right? Um, very deeply committed to growing in his faith, and um, had not been baptized. And so the pastor one day asked him if he wanted to be baptized, and he said, "Um, not yet. I feel like I still have a little bit of sinning to do first, right? And there was this belief that he had that when he came to the waters of baptism, he was going to be done, Mm -hmm. right? That was the check mark of the final end of the last thing that he needed to do. And yet that's not what we get from Scripture, right? Baptism is not the end. It's not the the overall goal to get baptized, It's the beginning. Mm -hmm. It is the baptism of Jesus that launches Jesus into his earthly ministry. And the same way for a lot of us, if you were baptized in your adulthood, it is the beginning, the very first thing that you do on your faith journey with God. Um, For those of us who were raised in the United Methodist Church who might have been baptized as infants, we're baptized out of the prevenient grace of God, which is a theological term that we use that just simply means it's the grace that comes before Before you did anything for God, before you went to a Bible study, before you went on a mission trip, before you even knew or recognized God, God loved you and God was seeking after you. That's prevenient grace. And so there's this belief, I think, and it's not scriptural, it's not biblical, right, that that a lot of us have of, well, I need to be perfect and then I can go and do what God has called me to do. And yet, John was not perfect. Yeah. And, And yet... He baptized the Son of God. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a lot for yeah. the Son of God. I mean, right. he was a prophet. Um, Peter was not perfect. And yet, Peter was the rock upon which the church was built. Mm-hmm. Um, Moses uh, was definitely not perfect. Um, and yet, he's the one that God chose to lead the people out of Israel. Um, and he was a murderer. David was an adulterer. And yet, he was the chosen king of Israel. And God's spirit didn't leave these people when they fell short, God's spirit stayed with them. And I think the reminder here as, you know, we talk about living our authentic true selves. And yet our living authentically comes when we commit ourselves to the divine. And when we commit ourselves to the divine, when we put God first, everything else trickles down from there. And so much of living our authentic true selves, our God-given selves, is acknowledging those broken pieces of ourselves, 
but allowing the divine to come into the midst of it. And I think that's the challenge. We always think like, okay, well, I can't do that. Or like, oh man, I really failed at that. And we treat our relationship with God almost like our New Year's resolutions, which um, it's now January 8th, which means 97% of New Year's resolutions have already failed. (laughs) Um, So most of us in the room right now are failures, right? Um, And yet, still loved and beloved of the divine. And we can't keep treating our relationship with God like a New Year's resolution. Um, we don't have to be perfect, right? There are people who say, well, I'm not going to have children until I have at least $20,000 in the bank. That's my goal, right? Well, I'm going to be able to retire if I can hit you know, this magic figure that my financial advisor told me I needed. There's a goal there, and you either meet and achieve the goal or you don't. And we begin to treat our relationship with God like that. Okay, well, if I could just achieve this, this level of righteousness, this level of sinlessness, then and then I'll, I'm going to be I'm going to be good, and we we treat it like we're just trying to achieve something, and yet everything that needs to be achieved has already been achieved. That's what Jesus did. Right? Now we are living into an authentic relationship that we've been invited to, and I think it's different. Mm-hmm. I think the the word relationship is key, right? That to be authentic with anyone. It has to come from a place of relationship, a place of building a relationship um, and, and being real in that relationship. And it's just no different with God. We like to think it is for some reason that, you know, it's like God's a genie or grants wishes or, you know, it's something like that. But it's, it's no different than building a relationship with any human. It's just, um, it's, it's, a, it's different but the same principles apply. God wants to know us deeply. And, and God already does, but God wants us to open that door to them. And I think if we focus on those relational aspects of getting to know God, like going to scripture, not for a purpose, but to let God speak in your heart, praying, opening yourself up to prayer that's not a list, but you're asking God to speak to you. I think you're inviting God into um, a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's really key if we remember that it's, it's co-creating it's, it's together that God has already done what God said God was going to do, but we just often don't believe it. All right. Final thoughts today. Oh, well, I was just going to say, I, I think I'm, you know, I did this renewal type thing where um, I am asking God to co-create with me by letting go of, of some of these things I'm hold fears I'm holding on to. Um, to me, that is, we call it New Year's resolutions, but that is, that is my spiritual goals. And I think um, we often forget, you know, we think about achieving and it has to, we, we have to do this and we have to do that. Um, but I think until we learn that we're, we're co-creating and it's, it's not in all, just our power, um, we can, you know, start co-creating those goals together instead of hitting a goal that I have to achieve. So I'm just going to continue to remind myself of those things that um, I'd like to let go of this year and keep working on that um, as, a, as, a, as a kind of a baptismal renewal in a way. 
Yeah, and I'm just sort of struck by the idea, kind of going up back to the very first, of um, the relationship that we have with others, the authentic connection that we have with others. And I'm going to try to be mindful that when I say, how are you, I'm not in a rush. I'm in that same situation that I was talking about that I want to be in with God when I pray, mm-hmm. where I'm like, tell me. Like, I really want, I really want to know. Um, and I think just slowing down and not asking unless I really want to know, um, that's something that I'm going to take from this. And it's not only with people, but it's, it's with God. Just calm down. Listen, don't run the list. <laughs> Slow down. Yeah, yeah, listen. Yeah, I think that's the piece, um, and maybe we didn't talk about it enough. Right? Uh, as we seek to live authentically, we have to be willing to be in community with one another. Because oftentimes we find out who we are in relationship with one another. Um, we discover things about ourselves in relationships. And I think the, the, the challenging piece here is, one, the relationship we have in community, the relationship we have with our own selves, but then the relationship that we have with God. And the, the connection that we are seeking to the divine in this moment is one in which we can feel the richness and the fullness and then respond to it. I think so much of that is in community. And that was really as Jesus lived authentically in the world and gave us an example of what it means to live authentically in the world. The thing that he did the best, the thing that he showed us the most was make sure that nobody gets left out. Make sure that nobody gets left behind. Make sure that nobody gets forgotten. Living authentically means that we have to love authentically. I think of of the, the beautiful scriptures of the woman at the well who was at the well by herself when being at the well is supposed to be a communal activity, and yet because of her lifestyle, she was pushed aside. She wasn't welcomed. She wasn't brought in. Jesus, living authentically, brought her back into community, and he does that time and time again. And so my hope for us as the gathered community, both here and online, is that as we seek to maybe step away from resolutions that fail, and step into a relationship with God that is already bound to succeed, that we learn to really live into what God is calling us, both in the beginning of this year, but also far, far into the future. Well, it has been a a wonderful conversation this morning. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Carol. As always, we want to continue the conversation. So if you're joining us online, send us a message. If you've got questions or thoughts and you want to continue that conversation, we love the opportunity to talk and to connect in that way.